What will you discover in Asheville, North Carolina? Your inner explorer as you hike mountain trails. Your creative streak as you stroll the River Arts District. In Asheville, the answers can surprise you. Don't miss Summer of Glass, now through September, featuring Chihuly at Biltmore and a community-wide celebration of glass with local exhibitions and tours. Visit exploreashville.com to plan your stay. Asheville, discovery inside and out. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This episode is with our friend Adam Hayes. Adam has been a caddy on the PGA Tour for nearly 17 years, caddying for the likes of Jonathan Bird, Vaughn Taylor, Russell Henley, and currently with John Rahm, one of the hottest players on tour. Adam gives us a ton of time in this episode. We talk about John Rahm off the course, life as a PGA Tour caddy, and how reporters tend to piss caddies off and the three quickest ways to get fired as a caddy. Really interesting stuff here. We appreciate Adam and the time that he gave us. You do not want to miss it. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Swing Caddy. Hey, listen, if you like TrackMan and you want a TrackMan, but you don't have 20 grand, then get a Swing Caddy. And we have a promo code for you. You can get the Swing Caddy for 290 bucks. It normally sells for 350 Go to our website, tourjunkies.net, click at the top, it says Swing Caddy Promo, that'll take you right there to a page, you can learn all about the Swing Caddy, type in Tour Junkies, all one word, lowercase, in the promo code at checkout, and you can save 60 bucks, we have one ourselves, we can't wait to start using it, it'll help us on the range, it'll help develop our game, help us dial in our distances, and give us some data that, you know, a track man would give us that we don't have to pay 20 grand for, so it's a good deal. So if you're interested in getting good at real golf... Head on over to the website, click on the link, and apply the promo code. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Adam Hayes. If you do, feel free to retweet it, share it, all that good stuff, and leave us a good iTunes review. Thanks again for downloading. Enjoy the show. What's going on, PGA Tour Golf Addicts? It's David with the Tour Junkies podcast, and I'm, I'm riding solo today as Pat is is out for this one so it's it's just me and we've got a guest on the line that i'm really excited about uh not only have we gotten to know him here lately in the last few months and he's just a stand-up guy uh and a really cool guy and we appreciate what he does and we appreciate him being on the show but he's one of the best caddies in the business and we love having caddies from the pga tours they're a lot of times uh underappreciated but always have a lot to offer and, and mean a lot to these guys we watch on the pga tour Week in and week out, we have got our buddy Adam Hayes on the phone right now. What's going on, Adam? How are you, man? Good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. We are good. We are good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Adam is uh, lives up in, in Charlotte, right? Are you from Charlotte? I don't know. Are you from Charlotte? No, I'm not from Charlotte. I'm from down in Florida, kind of the east coast of Florida. Rockledge is my little shout-out gotcha. to my hometown. Um, near Cocoa Beach. And uh, Oh, yeah. Ron John here at the end there. of... Yeah, Ron John Kershaw. Yeah, so uh, moved up here at the end of uh, basically end of 2006, beginning 2007, and um, you know met my wife up here. So kind of that's uh, happy wife, happy life. So she wants to be up here. This is where we ended up, and and we love Charlotte. So it's a great city. Definitely love Charlotte. Pat's uh, Pat's twin brother lives in Charlotte. Uh, so if you if you see anybody that looks like Pat but maybe 25 pounds lighter. And talk just like it. That's Pat's brother. So they're All right, identical yeah, twins. Uh, 
Yeah. I'll keep an eye um, out for him. <laughs> yeah, beautiful wife, couple of kids, right? Two boys? Is it two boys? Yeah, two boys. Two boys. Six and Living four. Living the dream in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Uh, Keeping yeah, you busy. Good. Any any so. promise for golf yet from those two guys? A uh, little bit, yeah. They they uh, they like it, you know, taking the driving range every once in a while. But, um, you know, I started when I was about six, seven years old. My, my grandparents introduced me to golf. Um, yeah. So my, our oldest is going to be about that that age. But they love, you know, I got them like the little Nerf golf balls and bring them tees home all the time from, you know, John Rahm. They love, you know, John Rahm's golf oh, yeah. tees. And, uh, you know, and they hit whack balls around the front yard and um but lately they've really gotten into like wakeboarding and uh wake surfing actually which is uh oh. kind of my little passion um since i'm around golf so much i don't i don't really enjoy golf that much when i'm home so um we live up here on lake norman and um love wakeboarding and wake surfing and uh so the little guy the the six-year-old is just kind of getting into it um got his first lesson the other day and um took him out this morning actually bright and early and uh lakes calm and just take him out there and get him up doing it so he's uh that's kind of what they're into right now nice that's a lot of fun i'm i am yeah. terrible on any water sport um like that <laughs> so that's, that's a no-go for me and yeah. if i can't do it i'm pretty sure pat can't do it either so we'll go ahead and answer well, that well, if you ever too. get up here we'll uh we'll pull you around on the tube there you go oh yeah, lovely everybody, yeah you'll, everybody can you'll do, watch right? me be embarrassed oh. that's yeah there oh well, on the tube yeah yeah the tube i can handle it yeah yeah, yeah the tube. we'll just pull you around Okay, I can do that. Um, well, yeah. obviously, I should have mentioned like currently caddying for John Rahm, one of the one of the hottest players in the world right now, one of the best players in the world right now. I think everybody knows that. Um, but you, you've caddied for a number of guys in the past. Uh, I know Russell Henley previously. Who else have you caddied for? I mean, you've been on tour for what sixteen, yeah, seventeen years my, now. Yeah, it's my seventeenth year. Can't believe it. Um, so on my history on me, my background. I started on the ladies' tour. Um, I played college golf, played professionally for about eight months, and. And I really enjoyed it, but I was really burned out on golf and I uh, was, you know, looking into getting a kind of a desk job and, and insurance and down in Florida and you know, kind of had a couple of jobs lined up and just couldn't really see myself sitting behind a desk. You know, I'd been outside yeah. my whole life. And um, so a good friend of mine, his name is Danny Sharp, was caddying for Lori Kane at the time um, on the ladies tour. And, and, and Lori Kane was a, 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 you know, a good player on the LPGA tour for a long time. And um, so he kind of knew a lot of the, the gals out there and he hooked me up with a job. He's like, why don't you come caddy for a few weeks, you know, and just, just see how you like it. I think his hope was that I would continue playing, you know, I'd find the, be, still be around golf, but still, um, but not have the, you know, the, you know, need to practice or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah. he was kind of, I think, hopeful that I'd get back to playing and, um, and I fell in love with caddying. And, and so I caddied on the ladies tour for almost four years. Um, basically about four years and then vaughn taylor uh augusta boy was yeah. a good friend of mine from from college golf he played at augusta state when i was at central florida um and then he and zach johnson and chad campbell and a bunch of us all played the hooters tour that year um and so vaughn and i were friends anyways vaughn got his card in 2004 and uh, i was kind of my days were numbered on the ladies tour it kind of run its course and was kind of at that point again thinking god am i going to keep caddying or you know what am i going to do um, and Vaughn, uh, said, man, you know, I'd love to have you out for a few weeks and let's just meet me in Memphis. You know, so show up in Memphis first week finished. I think he finished fourth in his first tournament and I uh, had actually had a really legitimate chance to win. And, um, so that was 2004. We went on later that year. He won in Reno, um, had a great year, got into Augusta the following year and, 
Yeah, kind of, kind of kickstarted his career. So I was with him for uh, 04, basically, through 08. Uh, and then I started with another guy, Jonathan Bird. Uh, yep. And at Torrey Pines was our first week together. So I was with Jonathan from 2008 to uh, basically halfway through 2013. And uh, we had a great little run and great guy, Jonathan Bird is, and um, got to know him and his family really well and uh, won a couple times with him. Uh, and then started up with Russell Henley at Memorial in 2013 and was with Russ um, till uh, just the end of last season. And then I got a, you know, a call to, you know, the potential to go work for John Rahm. And, um, you know, John's obviously, you know, his jobs like that kind of like come, come around once every yeah. you know, five or 10 years, so to speak. And, and, you know, nothing against Russ is a great guy. And Russ is a great player. I mean, he won again this year. And, yeah. Um, you know, it was just fantastic player. It was kind of time, you know, timing. So, uh, hooked up with John and um, we've had a pretty good little run there. So it's been, that's my 17 year history. Italian. You sure have, man. You've had, you guys so. had a great run and, and love all the Southern boys, man. I mean, Vaughn yeah. Taylor, Augusta boy from right here where we, where we are, I think Pat kind of grew up with, with Vaughn and Charles Howell around here. Um, yeah. and then, uh, Russell Henley from Macon, good old Macon, Georgia. Yep. Another yep. Georgia boy. So yeah, man, that's that's good. And Russell's had a great he has had a great year. We're we're big fans of Russell Henley too. We like him a lot. Um yeah, all right. guy. So that that's how you kinda got into looping. So tell me about mm-hmm. when was your first I mean, obviously the first tournament Vaughn finished fourth. That's a pretty nice payday, but like when was the first the first big payday like caddy check that you got and you're like, Yeah, yeah. like this is this so, is what it's about. And what was the first item that you splurged on yourself and bought? Sure. Yeah. So we, uh, so I caddied, I kind of bounced around. I worked for a few different, um, gals starting out. I worked for, uh, one, one girl lady for about four weeks and then bounced over and worked for another gal for a few weeks. And then, um, I started with a, a player, Charlotta Sorenstam, who, um, you know, Annika Sorenstam's little sister, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of got the job working for her. And, um, so we went and we, she had a little stretch where we had to go over and play in, um, over in Asia. So we went over and had a couple turns over there. And we won, um, I, I will call it the women's Korean open. I don't, I don't really know what it, forget the title. It was sponsored by Hyundai. Yeah. And, um, it was kind of one of these deals where she said, Hey, listen, um, we'll go over there, all your flights, all your hotels, everything we paid for. And we get back, I'll just stroke you a check. And, um, I was like, sweet, you know, whatever. I was single, young, you know, ready to get my passport stamped and, and go out of the country. So anyways, we, uh, we went over there and she won this tournament. We got back and I had no clue what to expect, you know, whether it was yeah. going to be 5,000, 10,000, whatever. And, um, got back and it was just over $20,000. So, you know, she played a couple and had a couple other good tournaments. It was some, you know, in that ballpark, you know, and that yeah. was the first big check. And, you know, I was, and I was rich. Right. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I, uh, I was fortunate, you know, in college, I had a scholarship. So I didn't really have any debt, so to speak. And, um, so I went and bought, I went and bought myself a new car, man, bought me a sweet, uh, I think it was like a 2000 and oh, maybe it's 2001 or something Nissan Pathfinder. And it was sweet. So there you go. Um, that was, yeah, that was the first car, man. And then, uh, <laughs> that was, a, that's what I did with my first check. You know, I, I, I still, you know, I, I had some payments I had to make on it and stuff, but it was nice to put a little money down on it. So yeah, that's awesome. It was, that's it a good was cool. That, yeah. Um, so. All right. Are there such things, speaking of caddies making money, are there some mm-hmm. things as caddy sponsors? Uh, so yeah, guys have sponsors. There's, um, you know, a lot of guys will get paid obviously for their, the hat that they wear. There's, um, guys, there's so you guys, guys do get have, paid for the hat. 
We do, yes. So um, the okay. tour's been great. You know, they've started a fund. Uh, not a fund. They have sponsors like it used to be. Uh, I think when I first started, it was Norelco. There was a hat. Uh, then it was Nature Valley. Um, yep. You know, like granola bars. And now it's um, Alspar paint. And so what they basically do is they'll put in a, uh, a pot um, of money, and it's divided amongst all the guys who wear the hats. you got to wear, I think it's, it's changed a little bit. I think it's 10 or 15 events minimum you have to wear the hat. Um, okay. and then you basically get points based on how many days you get a point each day you wear it, um, Thursday hmm. through Sunday. And then at the end of the year, you know, and you get bonuses for, uh, wins and top tens and, you know, top 10 going into the weekend, obviously, because you're probably going to get more TV time. And so then you'll, there'll be a little point system there. And at the end of the year, they take that, whatever that chunk of money is, and they divide it by, come up with a point value and, uh, guys get paid out. So you see those guys wearing out those Valspar paint hats and stuff. Those guys are all getting... Um, you know, a little something for that, and you get a check at the end of the year. You know, right around Christmas time, which is always a nice always time good. to have a little extra money. So, yeah, interesting. Good. I never knew. I never had a clue. That's how that works. So, if yeah. if it's you know, if you're a, if you're a caddy and your guys playing 25 events a year, and and mm-hmm. you're wearing it 15 or so times, like you're, you 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 hit the minimum. Are there some guys out there mm-hmm. that have kind of side deals, or are you allowed to have a side deal that that maybe it'd be worth? you not wearing that sure. hat and you wear the, is that, does that happen too? Yeah. And you know, that's a whole, whole thing that's kind of been ongoing here the last few years with the, the caddies. Yeah. You know, the, there was a yeah. group of caddies that got together and formed an association. Um, and a lot of it was based on, um, you know, being able to make some sponsorship dollars. Um, I think the caddies felt like they create, um, you know, they're kind of a walking billboard with the bibs that we wear. Um, yep. and you know, a lot of sponsors want that, I mean, it's obvious, you know, guys, the players get paid for having sponsors on their chest. Um, that, that's a very, shows up on camera. A lot of people see it um, on print yeah. ads and on TV. So, so they get paid a lot of money for that. Well, by us wearing the bib, a lot of guys, that, that was covered up. So we weren't able to um, market ourselves or, or basically we, a lot of guys felt like the tour was limiting guys from making that extra money. Yeah. So we, you know, a bunch of us thought that we should, you know, maybe get compensated a little bit for wearing the bib since the bib creates, I think, you know, and I'm going to throw out a number. I don't know if this is actually correct. Somewhere around it was valued the bib, you know, somewhere between say 750 and a and million dollars a week in advertisement that that bib was creating for the, the tour. So the caddy yep. said, Hmm, we should be able to get a little of that since we can't um, have a, a sponsor on our chest or whatever, you know, sell it ourselves. Yeah. And the tour said, no, you know, and, and that's been a kind of an ongoing thing, but, um, yeah, guys can guys can get their own sponsors. Um, there's, you'll see some guys out there with different hat deals, and um, you know you see guys with you maybe sleeve deal, you know something on their sleeves. Um, there's a yeah. deal right now that Hotels.com did um, with about ten guys out there, and you know guys wear the logo on their shirts, and they get in turn get um, money to spend on Hotels.com website. So that, that helps uh, when you're traveling the the, the world, right? Yeah, you know, hell say, hey, listen, I mean, you know, it's it's a write off our hotels. Um, so some guys save that money and, and you know, will still book their hotels on the website, but they'll use their money, maybe take their wife on a nice vacation or their family yeah. on a vacation or something. So there's all different ways guys have done it this year. Um me personally I, I, I like using the gift cards on the road and kind of supporting them and um and, and using their website to book my hotels and it's been great. So Nice. Um, all right, yeah, so do you awesome. have a I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a really good caddy story or, or maybe even a, a, a good pro-am story? 
Kevin Kisner Gosh. was on last time. He told us a really funny pro am story. Did he? Any, anything yeah. come to mind? You know, not. Pro, I'm sure if I, I, I thought of, I could think of a, a pro am one, but um, you know the. Gosh, there's so many stories, and and like a lot of times, it's, something will happen, you know, and you're like, oh, and that'll remind you, you know, when you're sitting around with a bunch of the guys, you yeah, yeah, um, you know, just one of the funniest, the funniest things that there was an old guy. A lot of the good stories come from like the, in my opinion, a lot of, a lot of the European caddies. They're just their sense yeah. of humor is amazing. Um, it's very dry and it's funny, and um, there's a great story about a guy who used to caddy for. Um, Mark James, uh, if you remember Mark James, he's a he's still around, does commentary and different things like that. And back yeah. in the day on the European tour, um, as it was even on our tour, that the caddies didn't get looked after very good. You, know, you show up in the morning, there might be a donut there for you, there might be nothing, there might be a coffee, <laughs> whatever. But anyway, this caddy shows up and there was absolutely nothing, and everybody was just starving, there was nowhere to buy. He was kind of buy through, he was running a little bit behind, had nothing. So shows up at the turn, they got to go up to the clubhouse. Um, caddy's obviously not allowed in the clubhouse, so he has to walk around to the tent box. And he says to his player, Mark, he says, Hey, he's like, is there any way you can get me a ham and cheese baguette? And, you know, in his, in his, uh, English accent, you know, and uh-huh. Mark's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll get any, he goes in, in a, in a water too, you know, and so he goes and stand on the tent tea and here comes Mark James walking out of the clubhouse, eating this ham and cheese baguette and drinking, his, you know, drinking this water. And they get there and the caddy's just looking at him like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like this guy's not an, so he tees off, and by the way, this guy did everything for Mark James. I mean, he read putts, pulled clubs, pulled the wind, did, I mean, just did everything for the guy. And so they get to the, the green up there, and he's so pissed off. And he says, uh, and basically lays down on the side of the green. And uh, Mark James looks over at him, and he kind of brushes, you know, waves him over, come on, you know, come, read, you know, come read the putt. And he shakes his head no, and he's like, oh, like, can't give him this look. He's like, come on. And he's like, and he gives, gives him the old, you know, F you, it's a ham and cheese baguette outside the left, right? He's trying to read his butt. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just, there's things like that, you know, just they're like yeah, yeah. awesome humor. Legendary that story. That. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but that's just one that kind of always comes to mind when people say, yeah, fed up with their well, players a little bit and, and throw things we, at them like that. So We have heard that you, you guys, and it's a good thing that you guys get treated a little better than, than maybe back in the day. Uh, uh, that's a good thing because you guys you guys do a whole lot. So let me ask you a, yeah. a question that maybe you've never been asked before. Maybe you have. Yeah. If you were a player, if you were if you were mm-hmm. now a PGA Tour player, what current tour caddy would you want on your bag and why? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, l- listen, there's a lot of great caddies out there. Um, there there's guys who are um, you know great in in all different ways. They're they're great because they do a a great job on the course. They're great because they keep things light. They may not know as much about golf as maybe another guy. Um, but they, you know, caddying is, it's, it's not just about giving your guy a yardage, you know, or, yeah. or showing up on time. I mean, that's all part of it, but a lot of it is truly how you get along with them and being able to say the right things at the right time and, um, keeping it light, you know, in tense situations or, or, you know, holding the guy accountable, holding your player accountable when, when, um, you know, something's gone wrong. So I see, uh, you know, in your biggest critics out there as a caddy, I'll just tell you, you know, your biggest critics are not necessarily the players, it's other caddies. So other when you're caddy, out there in a group yeah. and you're caddying, you know, other guys are like, you know, you want to do a good job because that's, you know, you want to be respected by your peers and yep. do a good job. So if I personally 
was out uh, was a player is a great question. Um, I really think highly of uh, Mark Fucher, who played for Justin Rose. He um, mm-hmm. he's a, he's not only is he a great guy, he's smart. Um, he does a fantastic job on the court, and you know, and Rosie, listen, Rosie's a great guy. He can be a little bit tough to work for, you know, and um, but Fuchs keeps him light, you know, says the right things when he needs to, and they've obviously had a ton of success together. So he'd be yep. probably one of the guys way up there. Another one that, um, you know, John Yarbrough does a great job. Um, there's, I mean, I could name ten or fifteen guys. Um, you know, Brett Waldman who caddies for uh, Charlie Hoffman right now, former player just really, really good at what he does. Um, you know, so Paul Tessori is a great one. Um, Lance yep, Bennett. Paul, I mean, there's just so many guys. So, um, but yeah, uh, Paul and John, we've had on the show, John, of course, caddy for, yeah. for Smiley Kaufman. And, um, that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Mark Fulcher, who's at Dick Fulcher's lad on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. We, yeah, we've we've messaged him a couple times on Twitter back and forth about getting him on. Uh, he's a uh, he, you know, he's a um, he's a good follow on Twitter also. Um, and so I've known Mark for a long time. He's a he's a former LPGA Tour caddy also. Um, yeah, there's there's actually there's quite a few guys. There's like ten guys that are caddy right now who've all had a lot of success on the on the men's side of it. Who started on the ladies' side, and I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, starting on the ladies' tour, it's it's hard caddying out there. Um, the, the you know this isn't to sound uh like a male whatever but you know women can be tough sometimes you know i mean they, they're they're maybe a little bit more emotional um yeah they, they travel a little harder out there um and, and it's it's not just all about power I and mean, you got to kind of you know caddy a little bit and so there's been a lot of guys who have started on the ladies tour who have transitioned on the men's side and who have done really really well so i know um, um benji thompson who's uh yeah. uh an augusta boy Who's he with now? He's with Ben Martin, I think, now. I think he's with Ben, ben Martin. Martin. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was an Augusta guy. He played high school golf with a good buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let, let me ask you a slight twist to that question. Okay. If you were a player and had to have a current core player, Patty, for you, think about who that would yep. be. Hands down, Camila Vizega. Really? Guy. So he could oh, do the Spider-Man God. on the green? Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man, he, he's... um. <laughs> he, uh, Camila, is a good friend of mine, um, Brendan Little, caddied for Camilo for, uh, gosh, I don't know, the last three or four years. Um, and Camilo is by far the best caddy on tour. I'll tell you that. Not only is he a what? player, but he's the best caddy also. <laughs> yeah. This guy, his yardage book is so detailed. He, he gets every line off the tee at, you know, he'll go out to 250 yards in the middle of the fairway and he'll know where that middle is. He'll go to 275. He'll know where the middle is at 275. 300, 325, 340, all the way down. You know what I mean? This guy's book is like meticulous and um, never, never blames his daddy. Um, so he's like, you know, hey, this, because he, he knows he's got everything, right? He knows it all. So, yeah. um, hands down, Camila Vijegas would be my. That's hilarious. To pick I would have never. Yeah. I mean, you came yeah. to that really quickly. Like, you, you already knew yeah. the answer to that before I asked it. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, uh, he'd be it. Well, and, and, yeah. Yeah, you have to hide your wife from Camillo because he's kind of a stud. He's kind of a stud. Yeah, but if he were on your bag, you'd have to be careful. I mean, you're, don't get me yeah, wrong. But, you're you're a, you're a handsome devil yourself. But let, let's yeah. all be honest. We we all want to look like Camillo. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, three quickest ways to get fired being a caddy. Three quickest ways to get fired being a caddy. Well, not show up. 
pretty yeah. good one. Um, one striker out there, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, pretty much. I mean, it's there's a little, uh, maybe a little, you know, based on you know why you relate. I guess that could be a yeah, yeah. Um, uh, two, just being annoying. You know, just being a, just guys get tired of looking at you because you're just, you know, maybe a know it all or or you yeah. know, kind of whatever. Uh, and then three, man, I just I'd say just bad luck. You know, there's a lot of guys who just they get fired, and you're like, what? You know, it's just and it's just bad luck. You know, it could be, but you know, whatever. The wife doesn't like you. Um, the yep. coach doesn't like you. The manager doesn't like you. Um, you just, yeah. man, you know, it's just it's a fickle you, business, and um, so I'd say those are the three things. You just got to be the, the ultimate people pleaser. Everybody in that camp's got to like you, huh? man. You know, I've I've always said I, I kind of view cat in it's. You know what a chameleon is, right? So a chameleon, yeah, you know, you yeah. kind of blend in with everything, and so yep. um, you want to kind of, as a caddy, um, and you see guys that do this. All the guys who are successful, who have been with players for a long time, and and continually get, you know, good bags or always have stuff. They just they kind of go with the flow. You know, they just, yeah. um, they just kind of blend in. So they blend in with the manager, they blend in with the player, they blend in with the white. They, you know, they just kind of just get along. Um, yep. So that's kind of the. The key, I think, to to caddying is uh, so, kind of fitting in with the whole the whole team. So we talked a little bit about caddying. I want to talk about you and John. Um, as mm-hmm. far as the relationship with John, like, what's the vibe like inside the rope with John Rom? And then maybe hit on you know what what how it how it may be different or how he's different outside the ropes. If you guys, you know, I know a lot of times caddies players mm-hmm. don't been a ton of time together outside the ropes because they see each other so much inside the ropes but maybe talk about those two yeah. things with, with young john yeah so john uh one thing a lot of people don't know about john you know he's he's obviously very confident um when he when he's in, and he's very intense so a lot of people you know will maybe judge him by what they see on the golf course um but off the golf course he's one of the and i say this in a good way he's one of the sweetest guys you know nice yeah. um truly you can tell he truly cares about the people around him um and he's and he's a just a he's a good solid dude and i'm not saying this because i work for him um if he was a complete jerk i'd you know maybe i'll tell you because i'm I'm working for him but i wouldn't talk <laughs> yeah. so highly of him but he really yeah. is a good guy um and so you know on the golf course i really like john because because he's intense and you know maybe, maybe i'm a little bit intense also and i like you know if i'm going to be out of with my family or I'm going to be on the road even if I didn't have family if I'm going to be on the road for 28 or 30 weeks a year whatever it is you kind of want to be in contention you know and you want to kind yeah. of take every week serious and um that's one of the things I like the most about John is he's very I mean he when he shows up to the golf tournament he reminds me a lot of like and I, I never like comparing people to Tiger Woods um because Tiger was just so great at what he did right um but when Tiger you rarely saw Tiger around the practice facility the golf tournament when he you know when he was really in his prime he would do a lot of his work at home he'd show up to the golf course the tournament week and he would just play golf and then he'd go home and he'd do whatever he did relax and whatever but you know so john's a lot the same way he shows up at the tournament he'll play his practice rounds but he's you'll rarely see the guy practicing he'll maybe hit a few putts and do some things but he does his work at home so that's that's one of the things i like about john a lot of people don't know about him i mean he shows up he's ready to play you know and he's not out there to you know, he, he likes you. He's a very personal, very approachable guy, but he's not out there to like make a bunch of friends. He's kind of just there to, he's there to right. play golf. 
and then to, to go to his thing. So, um, you know, so on the golf course, uh, you know, I really, I, I, I love being on the golf course with him because he's, he's there to win, you know, and he's there to play good and he, and he wants to play good and he get and he does, he gets upset if he doesn't play well. Um, I think cause he's worked so hard at it, you know, and he doesn't, doesn't play well. He kind of is like, man, I've just worked this hard and I'm going to come out here and play like this. So, um, but off the golf course, totally opposite of that. I mean, he's just a fun guy. Um, likes going out, loves a big steak dinner, you know, and just likes to kind of hang out and yeah. listen to rap music and, um, just kind of just loves working out and just kind of chilling out. So I've, uh, been fortunate to stay with John several times this year. Um, it turns, we actually stayed together at the Irish open and had a great time. We had a house, uh, right in Port Rush and, um, stayed together with his girlfriend, Kelly, and they had some friends come over from the States and just had a fun week staying with them. So yeah, uh, oh, I don't cool. mind spending time with him off the golf course. Also, yeah, won that event too, right? Yeah, and he won. Uh, played great. Won by I think he won by six shots. Crushed and, yeah, everybody. Played, yeah, yeah, he played good. You know, and so he uh, stayed with him at the British Open last week. Um, and so, uh, yeah, get along good off the golf course and enjoy being around him. He's a good person. Well, and you know, it's like a few weeks ago, I guess, when he had a he had a rough tournament. Um, I, I guess maybe Aaron Hills, and he showed some frustration yeah. and. Mm-hmm. You know, people already want to want to, you know, play on the the fiery Spaniard angle that yep. he had with Seve and Sergio, and um, so he's already he's going to get that kind of um, stereotype anyway. And then, you know, he's a young guy. You forget how young these guys are a lot of times. And yeah. I'm thinking about how I behaved when I was 22 and 21 and 23 oh, on the golf. Uh, so you kind of forget that, and he looks like a freaking man. You know, he looks he's, mm-hmm. he doesn't look how old he is you know but but it seems like even after some of that criticism you know and obviously he came out and won at at the irish but he didn't have a fantastic open but it looks like it it all it looks like you guys adjusted like yeah are are, is is he doing something to try to temper that a little bit or are, are, are how much do you contribute to that or how much are you aware of okay like there's a fine line between john being intent and being, mm-hmm. you know, in the zone, and and sure. and then a fine line between losing it, and and how yeah. how much attention do you pay to that, and then what do you do to try to rein him in? Well, you know that the the thing you, you said a lot of great things there. Um, one, John, you know, and, and I, I'm, this is not an excuse, um, but he is young. He's 22 years old, and I know Jordan. Yeah. People say, well, Jordan Spieth's young, and Justin Thomas is young, and yeah, go on and on and on. You know, listen, Tiger had a terrible temper when he started. Um, you know, there's but, so much pressure you, on. You don't have to agree with this because you work around him, but yeah. I, we've talked about it on our podcast before. Jordan Spieth is kind of a baby on the golf course. Like when he, when things aren't going well, I know he's the golden boy, and I love Jordan Spieth, mm-hmm. and I know he's a great kid yeah. and a great person. But let's all be real. Like Jordan Spieth is not <laughs> like this super calm, cool, and collected kid on the golf course when things aren't going well. But anyway, go ahead, finish sure. it. Yeah, no, you know, and um, um, you know, you'll have so uh, again. Yes, I agree with that. Um, Jordan, ev- everybody has their, their differences, right? John's just happens to come out and kind of like anger, right? Yeah. Jordan's comes out and, you know, talking and kind of whining and, you know, not yeah. whining, I don't say it in the, in the wrong way. You know, he just kind of like talks a lot to Michael and kind of, I can't believe it. You know, his comes out a little different. Um, yep. The one thing I'll say, and it's the same thing I've said um, to a lot of people. Um, yes, John is 22 years old. No, that's not an excuse. But, you know, John has... Um, you know, Jordan came out and Jordan come out and win right away. You know, Jordan kind of came out and kind of, you know, 
you know, he played good, but like his rise was kind of like, it was more, um, he had some time, right. To, to kind of, yeah. you know, and, and, um, John's was like, he, he turned pro. I mean, boom, it was like right to the yeah. top, you know, and it's, and he, and he, so, um, he's got a lot of pressure on him from just kind of the golfing world, you know, not necessarily me or his girlfriend or his parents or his agent or people around him just in the golf world in general, right? There's a lot of expectations for him. And so guys need to learn how to deal with that. And, um, you know, he maybe didn't know exactly how to deal with that. Um, you know, thrown right into being a a huge favorite at the U S open. That's a lot of pressure, you know, being a big favorite, even at Augusta, you know, and he, he played okay at Augusta. He had one bad hole. Listen, I mean, played he, the 18th hole on Sunday, he, he triple bogeyed it, you know, went from finishing basically top 12 to finishing 25th or whatever he finished. But, you know, so he's learning, um, just like all these guys have to learn, you know, how to, how to kind of handle those expectations and, um, you know, handle themselves, I guess, professionally, but yes, that was a, a huge eye opener at the U S open. He, he, you know, he, he realized it and he's like, you know, I want, he wants to change. And so he's, he's worked on it. It's been much better the last few weeks. Um, and yeah, yeah. he's still going to get angry. That's his, that's his makeup. You know, listen, the guy, you can't change somebody because, Nah. If people sit there and want to change them, then he's going to start. Re- people start resenting. Like, you know, if I'm sitting there saying you got to change, you got to change, you got to change, and then his manager saying you got to change, you got to change, you got to change, and he changes, and then, then that might even make him even more upset. You know, I mean, more more pissed off. Right. Um. So, um, you can tell people all you want how to do and what to do, but until they experience it for themselves and they kind of learn themselves, that's when they're going to have ownership in it and become a better person. And listen, you're never going to make everybody happy. And in this world that we live in, right, like social media and, yeah. you know, people sitting, you know, behind their computer screens or behind their phone screen in their, you know, mom's basement or, or wherever they're at, you know what I mean? And just saying these things they can get away with saying. It's it's tough on people. So, like, John doesn't even, I don't I don't even think he looks at his social media anymore. I don't know if he's got somebody doing it for him or what. It's like, you can't, you can't get caught up in what everybody thinks. And there's a lot of positive stuff um, on it, but there's just that kind of gets yeah. outweighed by the negative stuff. So, um, well, I think John's and, done a good job of working on it the last few weeks. And I think he'll continue to get better at it because he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be known as some like hothead, um, you know, like jerk, so to speak, you know, he wants to kind of, he wants people right. to like him and he, and he, and he's going to be around for a long time, you know, and he wants to win a lot of tournaments and win majors. So it's definitely something that he wants to get better at. Well, and speaking of social media, you know, when, when the whole Phil and Bones breakup came out, sure. you know, immediately everybody's pontificating on, is Bones going to caddy again? And if so, who's he going to pick up a bag yeah. for? And people were talking about, yeah. you know, the, the best players in the world. And John's lumped into that. And I love, yep. uh, you know, what we do a lot is on social media. I mean, we are tracking social media every minute in the golf world and with tour junkies and John is rarely on there. I mean, you're right, like mm-hmm. rarely on there, but he comes on and he puts a, he records a video basically saying you're his guy and just to yeah. squash the rumors. And I loved it. I don't know if you loved it. I don't know if you liked the attention or if you just mm-hmm. thought, man, thanks for, thanks for doing that. But you could have just called me like what, like what, yeah. how did that make you feel? What did he, did he tell you beforehand that, that he was going to do that or, or what y'all talk about? No, huh? you know, it's, um, and I agree. And listen, it wasn't, you know, you said everybody on social media, it was, it was like three report or three guys that are in the golf media, you know, and I know who the three guys are. And, um, yeah, but that's all it takes. And then everybody else is going, say oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Because, you know, listen, social media and you got these people that work for 
whatever these golf outlets are, and yep. they are all of a sudden considered experts. But man, I mean, most of them are, are far from experts, um, right? And you know, and that's I, I'll, I'll tell them to their face. I, I have told one of the guys to his face, um, ran into them at the British Open, and just let them let them know how I felt about it. And uh, so you know, that that made me feel great that John um, came out said that he didn't tell me. Um, I did get a phone call right after. Uh, I was actually napping with my kids, um, you know, about this time, whatever, you know, one afternoon and I wake up and I have like, you know, five or six missed calls, tons of text messages and, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, funny, and I don't need to tell people who they're from, but they're from kind of all the people who are involved in it. Um, yeah. I got text calls from everybody saying, Hey, listen, this is, you know, there's no truth to this. It's not, it, it which fine. It made me feel good, you know? And, um, and I don't, but I don't need everybody else's approval, you know, like in the world. Um, I know I do a good job for John and listen, one day I won't caddy for John anymore. It's just the way it is. You know, it's, it, yeah. it's Bones and Phil proved it that 25 years together and all that success. It's just yeah. the way it is. Um, so it was, it made me feel great that John came out and said that, um, it made me feel good that the, all the parties involved, um, called me and, and, and told, you know, told me. And yeah. so, yeah, it was great, but you know, listen, there's, there's guys who are, Things are going to happen, you know, in social media these days, and, and nobody wants to be the last one to report anything. Everybody wants to be That's the first right. one to be like, "I told you so," and get likes on their Twitter page or their Instagram or whatever it is. And um, I just try not to get caught up in it. And um, but I was very disappointed in, in the three guys um, that were kind of the first ones to come out and say that. One of them was a guy that I, I kind of actually considered a friend, um, and you know, I called him out on it. And he kind of backtracked on it a little bit. Another guy that wrote about it, I'd never met before. I wouldn't have been able to pick him out of a two-man lineup, you know, who he was. Yeah. Um, saw him at the British Open winner, had a little talk with him, and just told him, I don't appreciate <laughs> it because, you know, listen, um, you know, we we have caddies. Um, we have families. We have we, yeah. we take our job serious. This is, this is our career, you know. It's like, and, and so um, – when reporters or people that are so-called these golf experts go and start putting this stuff out there, whether it's true or not true, um, and whether your guy is thinking about firing you or not firing you, or he's happy as can be, if things start going wrong a little bit, that that seed's been laid in their mind. Um, you know, like, hmm, well, I guess I could change caddies, you know, or I could, you know, and so it's not fair to, yeah. it's not fair to us. And I'm not saying just me, fair to us in general, because I see guys all the time, um, these, these writers and these, uh, you know, so-called experts that get on, you know, golf channel and stuff that, that think they know everything. And I mean, you hardly ever see them out there and how do they know everything? Um, right. And, and so they go on again, they don't want to be the last one. They want to be these, like great news in the golf world guys. And, um, a lot of stuff that they say about caddies is not true. And, um, and, and it's, it's not fair to, you know, and again, not just to me, but to a lot of guys that talk about, um, you know, Jordan Spieth, I had a great conversation. This is all, this is the last thing I'll say. I had a great conversation with Michael Greller. Uh, he's Jordan's beef daddy, and he does a fantastic job um, for Jordan. Obviously, um, yeah. But there were—he was another one that was thrown in there by a by this well-known um, golf expert uh, insider, you know, on the golf channel, yep. who went right out and said Jordan Spieth needs somebody like Bones. You know, well, I mean, does he really? I mean, he's he's won three majors now. He he's won doing pretty good right after that yeah. was said. He's doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand why. And, and the thing that upsets us caddies the most, I would say, is then these guys will come to us and ask us for things. They'll call us. They have our phone numbers. They'll call us. 
they'll see that turns that no one inside information on different stuff. Mm. And guess what? You mm. know, they, they do this and they say these things and you know, maybe I won't talk to them anymore and they'll be like, Oh, well, you know, maybe Adam won't talk to me anymore or Michael Greller won't talk, but I still have these other 150 guys. Well, no, they, we all kind of, wow. Uh, you know, they, you know what I'm saying? Guys see this. Yeah. I'm going to talk to this guy. How am I going to help this guy out? It's just kind of, it's unfortunate. And, um, I really wish that, you know, just the golf media in general would do a little bit more due diligence and come out and, you know, kind of take time to meet people and really talk to people before they go right and say anything. Cause it's unfortunate. Ah, that's, that's good insight, man. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I love seeing John do that video. I thought it was super cool. And if I, I knew I, I put myself in, in your position, I'm like, man, that would just make me feel like running through a wall for the guy, you know, like it's just yeah. a great, the great thing to do. Um, yeah, so, and it does, you know. You, I mean, yeah. So I mean, I, I, yeah. I enjoy being around him, you know. And he, and so by doing that, it shows you know that the guy, again, like I said, he cares about people that are around him, and um, you know, and I would, I I'd do anything for the guy, you know. So a, a few more questions about you and John. So, like, when you guys, uh, is there like a number of weeks? And I know John is good enough at this point where he he doesn't have to have a, a super rigorous tour schedule. But are, are there like a number of weeks in a row where you think? John starts to kind of lose it, whether it's mentally or, or physically or both, where there's like this happy point. We've talked to a, a couple of four players and caddies, and this is actually kind of a, a unique debate in our daily fantasy sports circles where we think about, you know, well, this guy's been playing, this is his sixth week in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's in great form, but is this kind of the week where it all starts to catch up to him? Do you think that's right. a real thing on tour? Obviously, it's different for different guys. Uh, what do you think it is for John? If you if if you've seen it yet, yeah. or what was it with a guy like Russell Henley? Well, I, I, you know that's a great point, and it's funny because I was you know I knew I was coming on the show, and I was thinking things. I'm like, gosh, let's see if they ask me about. There's one thing that I think is is by far one of the most um, telltale signs of when guys are going to play good. It's based on the rest, and so John, you know, in general. So in the beginning of the year, he was going to play five in a row on the West Coast, basically Palm yep. Springs through L.A. Um, played actually pretty good in Palm Springs, just whatever, just didn't kind of put it all together, so to speak. And, uh, but then won the next week in San Diego. Um, and then he still played Phoenix cause it's a home tournament for him and then played Pebble and then skipped LA. Um, four in a row was a lot for John, even though he finished, I don't know what he finished at Pebble, maybe fifth, yeah, I think he finished fifth. So it was um, fourth week in a row, whatever. But for the most part, I think John does his best on two weeks. You know, um, you know, plays always pretty much, especially when he was playing well there at the beginning of the year, always played well after an off week. So we had a mm. couple weeks off, went to Mexico City, almost won. Another week or, or so off, went to match play, made it to the finals, lost to Dustin. Um, you know, played the week before uh, San Diego, but coming off of an off season, right? He had, you know, a month and a half or whatever he had off, um, seven weeks off, and then played it. So I think. There's definitely guys, and this is a, a category that I was going to say, you know, it, it, for our fantasy draft people out there and our, our, our daily sports stuff. And um, I think that there should definitely be a category based on looking at guys when they've played well and, and, and what week of playing was that? Was it their fifth week in a row? Was it their first week in a row? You know, or, or whatever. I think that's a huge part because for them, I'd be willing to bet, and I don't know because I'm not a big better, but I'd be willing to bet that it, it's within the first two weeks after an off week is when guys typically play well. Um, 
because they're, they're rested both both mentally, physically. They've had time to maybe work on some things, get a little confidence at home. Okay, you know, I know I'm rolling it good now. Or okay, I was, you know, I was not my bunker game wasn't good, but I worked on it. And now I, I'm confident in my bunker game, so I'm going to be able to fire at more pins because I'm not be worried about short side myself, things like that. And so I think guys coming from an off week um, or in the first two weeks after um, a week off, I think is when they probably play their best. You rarely see guys who play five, six, seven in a row, crazy enough, you know, that play good in those last two weeks. They're just trying to find something, you know, but they just keep missing cuts and finishing 50th and they better off taking a couple weeks off and then coming back out. That's really good insight. So another question I wanted to know is like, do you guys, who who are some guys on tour, if there are any, that when you and John see you're paired up with, you're you're like pumped about it. Like, are are there certain guys yeah. that you think you guys would rather play with, or that bring out the best in John? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's probably guys who you, you definitely don't want to play mm-hmm. with. But is that a thing on the PJ Tour? Like, guys playing better or worse based on who they're paired up with, and if so, like how much does it really impact their game? Uh, that's a, that's a good point and a good question. I don't think that guys really care too much about who they play with. I could be totally wrong on this. I mean, I look at the T sheet and I'm like, you know, I'm looking to see if I'm maybe out with a buddy or another caddy, you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, I'd say the one thing that guys don't like playing with, you know, if I had to, if I had to pick something was maybe a guy who's you know known to be a slow player. Um, yeah. because there's that little. You know, thought in the back of your mind, oh man, I'm gonna be put on the clock, or I'm gonna be waiting around for this guy, and then you know, and all of a sudden we're gonna get put on the clock, and he's gonna start playing fast, and I'm maybe gonna get a bad time because there just so happens to be a rule official around. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to take a little extra time on this shot. Um, so I would say that's it. But anytime you get paired with, um, I can remember, you know, ever since my anytime you get paired with, like, say you got paired with Tiger Woods back in the day, or you got paired with Phil or Sergio or these guys who are world class, been out here a long time, top ten players. Or you do get a little fired up because you want to go, you want to play with the best, and you want to see how your game kind of matches up with them. I mean, you can say, oh, you know, Sergio was in the tournament, or Tiger was in the tournament, and and I I beat him this week, but I didn't get to play with him. So it's nice to see how your game kind of matches up with these guys sometimes. So, um, but I don't think there's anybody who you're like get really fired up to go play with, and, and I could be totally wrong, but. I think John just likes going out. And if I had to speak for him, he, he might get a little fired up. Like if he got paired with Dustin or or um, Rory yeah. or these guys, he's looked up to because he you know, he's looked up to him. He's grown up watching Rory and um, and even Jordan, you know, or Sergio. And so he'd like, yeah, he gets, probably gets a little fired up when he sees him. You know, he's getting these good pairings, um, which is the way it should be. What? Okay, two more questions about John, and then I want to ask you a couple of questions about the, yeah. the event coming up. And then we'll be good. I appreciate all the time you've given us. Um, no what, what what is the key to this guy's incredibly short back point, and then just absolutely mm. murdering the golf ball? Like you're a good golfer, yeah. former professional golfer, really good caddy. You're watching it. You see that thing more than anybody up close. Yeah. How in the world does he do that? Do you know? Well, he's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I have my my uh, ideas on it. He's obviously a big, a big guy. I mean, he's six yeah. two. I don't know what is he maybe two twenty two thirty I don't know he's a big big kid and not only that he's super super athletic. Um, you should see I mean when he I've been around him a few times he's been running you know running around and he came and spent a little time here in Charlotte with me and my family and you know I mean got right up on the you know weight surfboard I mean he's very very athletic for a big guy and he's quick on yeah. his feet 
So I think he's um, the short backswing for him. You know, if you look at the way golf is going, I mean, you know, Jordan's got his Riss's boat a little bit at the top. Um, Dustin Johnson's is certainly boat at the top, you know, at the backswing. Yep. And there's just not a whole lot that can go wrong with that. You know, you get it back and the, you know, the way I was taught, um, it was actually the other way. You almost had a little cup in your wrist. Um, yep. and you know, it was back when you had, maybe it was the golf ball, blotta ball, you're trying to, whatever. Um, but you see a lot of guys now who have that kind of, you know, bowed left wrist and then they just fire the crap out of it at the bottom and they just hold onto the club face space and they're releasing it with their body. Um, so I see it in John. I, it's one of the first things I went when I saw him come out when he was in college still, and I watched him on the range in Phoenix and he was hitting balls and I'm like, Oh my gosh, man, this guy's like one, he's pounding it Two, I mean, there's not a whole lot that can go wrong in the golf swing. You know, his yeah. fundamentals are good. Uh, alignment's good. You know, that that's pretty much the only thing that can go wrong is if his alignment's off. Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of guys are, I think are going kind of that direction. There's a, a teaching pro, Scott Hamilton, who you're yep. probably familiar with. He's, you know, Georgia guy. He loves that. I mean, when Russ, this is a great uh, Russ story. Russ was working um, on his game pretty hard and was kind of not getting a whole lot of results uh, early on when I was working for him. And we were at Pinehurst and at the U.S. Open, and he, he played really poorly on Saturday and just was hitting it bad. It was kind of just, you know, at, at the end, he's like, just was lost. And um, he said, man, what should I, you know, and I, I said, why don't you just have Scott Hamilton? Scott was hot at the time. He had a lot of good guys are playing good. He worked with some Georgia guys. I said, why don't you, why don't you get, you know, get Scott to check you out? He's like, ah, I kind of hemmed and hawed. And this was Saturday after a round. And Brennan Todd, who he worked with, was yep. playing pretty good. I think he was in the last or second to last group. And I said, listen, I'll go out there on the golf course and, and see if he'll come in and, and watch you hit a few balls. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. So I went in and. Um, ran out on the golf course and he was over actually right near the putting green, uh, getting ready to go down the first hole at Pinehurst. And I went up to him and said, Hey man, um, how you doing? Are you watching Brendan the whole time? Through the whole round? He's like, no, I'm going to watch him play here a few holes. And I said, you mind watching Russ hit a few? He's like, hell yeah, I'll watch him, you know? And so he, <laughs> sure enough, you know, 30 minutes later, he's like, come meet me on the range at where? Two o'clock. So sure enough, two o'clock, he came around first thing Russ, he's like, you know, I'll get to the top and you know, my wrist is bowed. And, you know, I have people are trying to tell me he's like hang on man he said that let he said that bow left wrist right there that's the baddest shit in the world man he's like don't you never change that you know it's kind of like, and uh so that like yeah. that's what he teaches you know and you got a lot of his guys now. and so he kind of gave russ that confidence like man oh you mean i don't need to change this and russ yeah. went on and played really well kind of after that you know and worked with scott and um you know so that's just kind of what i think guys are kind of starting to teach is that um controlling the club face, you know, through the ball, you, you just don't have much to do. Yeah. So, a good move. I yeah. wish I could do it. Uh, uh, yeah, me too. Talking about last question on John. So obviously we, we know the guy's going to win major major. Like we know it's, yes. it's plural. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. the first major you think he has the best chance to win? The this first one, if you had to put money mm-hmm. on it and say, this is the one we got circled. John's going to win this one. Yeah, I hope Quail Hollow in two weeks. I was going to say, I mean, it feels um, like Quail Hollow. I mean, it's a good I golf course it, for him. Yeah, it's um, been good to Rory for years. Been good to Similar. Rory. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a good golf course for him. Um, and, and again, you know, certainly to put no no pressure on John, but he uh, he came in after. Gosh, he came and spent five days here uh, before we went down to the Wells Fargo in Wilmington, and. Uh, and we went and played Quail Hollow, him and his uh, manager, 
and myself went and played on Sunday. And um, he, he likes the golf course. He's seen the golf course. Um, I think it's a good golf course for him. Um, so that that obviously, and from a you know being, you know me, I, I'd love to see him win there, right? My hometown. Um, yeah, there. But um, I really think that John. You know, I'm with you. I think that John will win majors, um, and I think that he could be a lot like you know Jordan, and, and could win, have a chance to win the Grand Slams today, win all four of them. Um, yep. There's definitely certain golf courses that are gonna that are gonna fit his eye better um, than others. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll always. He should always play play well at Augusta. Um, you know, it's just all his ball striking is is probably not gonna let him down a whole lot. So it just comes down to putting. If he can, you know, have a week where his putter's somewhat heated up, I think he'll have a great chance to win Augusta someday. Um, I definitely think he'll win a British Open. Um, it, it, he's, he's amazing. He's maybe one of the best I've ever seen at being able to control his ball flight. Um, mm. High if he needs to, he can hit low if he left, right. Um, so, obviously, that's important over there. Um, why I think he played really well at the Irish Open, he did an amazing job of hitting a lot of like half shots, controlling the flight of his golf ball. And, um, and, and it's fair. I mean, he just, even though he didn't drive it as good as he normally does, when he did hit it in a fairway, I mean, he was just, he was, his flight was so good on it that he, um, he gave himself a ton of, ton of luck. So I, uh, well, 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 well here in a couple of weeks, but I think, uh, any major, he, he has a chance to win. Well, with you having a sneak peek at Quail Hollow, and I know they've had some renovations out there, what do you, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of insight would you give us for a couple of weeks from now as far as the, the game and the strategy out there and what type of player it's going to fit? Yeah, I think it really depends on the weather. Um, and I know that sounds kind of maybe weird, crazy. I don't know. It just, I think if it, uh, if it, so we've been very dry up here in Charlotte. I'll tell you because I live here. Um, it's been dry. Everything's dry. It's, uh, my guess is that quail will probably kind of firm if it stays this way. Um, that brings a lot more guys, in my opinion, into the, into the picture. Um, yeah. I think if it gets real wet, we get a lot of thunderstorms and some rain between now and then. I think it's going to favor, um, you know, a Rory type of, you know, a, a longer hitter. Rory Sergio's obviously been playing great. Um, you know, Jordan, I, I think Jordan can play well anywhere. Um, he's, he's playing great right now. But I think it'll, guys that can hit it out there a little further, um, yep. I, I think that it'll favor them. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. So, what's a young guy? Who's a young guy on tour right now that most people wouldn't know that you think will be a star on the PGA Tour? Hmm. Great question. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of. Um. Gosh, uh, that's that's a good one, man. Kind of something that I think personally who is is a is a great. He's going to win. I don't know if he's going to be. A star so to speak but he's going to win he's going to win golf tournaments there's a guy jj spawn um yeah. we played with him at the final round at san diego and man he played great he had a bad last hole but he was right there with john the whole day and hits it really really well um so jj spawn um there's a kid from uh oregon who played this last um uh, his name's slipping me right now. Aaron, Aaron Wise. Um, yeah, Aaron Wise. Yeah, he's on uh, the web. He'll be. I think he's made enough money um, to be on the tour next year. Really, really good player. Um, a lot of guys may not know him, or people may not know who he is, but he's going to be. He's got the potential to be 
you know, it's hard. I don't like throwing the, the, the term superstar around a whole lot. I mean, I think that, like yeah. I said, those guys only come through once every five, ten years, you know, who are big. But, but I mean, great player. I mean, guys that can win, you know, multiple times, five to ten times. I think Aaron Wise is yeah. the kind of guy that could do that. Um, I know so Bond, kind of, uh, Bond had a great beginning of the year, and I know he's been battling a little bit of an injury here lately. Uh, I think he's had a yeah, lot. Yeah. Yeah, because um, we had an eye on him. He's definitely a scorer, which, you know, guys that just make a ton of birdies and eagles are something that, that we look for. Um, yep. One one last thing. I, I meant to ask you this yep. earlier. Like, right. next year, when, mm-hmm. you know, you, the, the good old the good old American boy, are going, yeah. or you're going to be in, you're going to be in France at the Ryder Cup. Right. Yep. And it's going to be the first year we all get to see John Rahm beat the pants off of Americans. Yeah. Is that just going to be electric? Have you thought about that at all? Like, me and Pat went to the Ryder Cup this past year. It was the first time I'd ever been to the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. And we were at Hazeltine every day, and it was yep. the most amazing sporting event I've been to in my life. And I've been to incredible college football games and NFL games, and, mm-hmm. and there's just there was nothing like it. Have you have you caddied yeah. in a Ryder Cup before? I have, yeah. I caddied for Vaughn in 2006 oh, at okay. the K-Club in Ireland. Yep. Um, so I have been there. Um, it's going to be, gonna be a, yeah. It, that's gonna it, be and, and the golf course, the golf course in in France, we just played it a few weeks ago in the French Open, is going to be unbelievable venue. Um, it, not only is it a great golf course, but from a spectator standpoint, um, they built it. They built the golf course based on having a Ryder Cup. So they've got these yeah. like mounds all the way around the place, like great vistas to. to you know, for viewing, um, uh, the last four holes, you, you know, kind of wrap around this lake there. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be really amazing. And, you know, caddying on the other side, caddying on the European side, which hopefully I'll be there. Um, you know, John, when I, when I first uh, went to work for him, he said, you know, is that going to be an issue? I said, man, I want you to birdie every freaking hole. You know, like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, you, you know, the thing about the Ryder Cup and it's so cool. It's a team event, you know, and any team you're on, it doesn't matter where you want to win. Right. We all want to win. Yeah. We want to be on a winning team of, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, poker team or whatever. It doesn't matter, man. We want to, we want to win. So, um, and it's a reward, in, in my opinion, it's a reward for two years of, of hard work and good play, you know, to make that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you've been there for two years and you've worked for a guy and, you, you know, you guys have kind of done it together and gotten there, man, just go beat up on whoever you're playing. So, yeah. Um, you know, Brooks kept well, his caddy is a is an Irish guy, and he caddied on the U.S. Right. team last year, and it wasn't wasn't an issue. You know, he might have gotten a little ribbon from some of his European buddies, but um, you know, and I'm sure I'll get it a little bit from some of the American guys. But listen, at the end of the day, we're all we're all friends, and we all want to win. Um, and I think guys will yeah. understand that at the end of the day. So I don't see it being an issue. Well, it'll be fun. I will not be pulling for you that week, but I pull for you every other week. You know, I do. That's but, okay, man. Uh, That's okay. I understand. I'll be, I'll be sitting at home uh, pulling for that. Well, I hope I'm not sitting at home. Me and Pat keep saying if we win a big contest one of these days, if we could ever hit it super big on DraftKings, we're gonna, we're going to the, we're going to the Ryder Cup in France. That's all we there could talk go. about at Hazeltine. We were just like, man, I don't ever want to miss another one of these again. It, it was just so amazing, and and I would love yeah. to go to the other side when I'm when I'm the minority. Well, um, man, I, I would. Uh, I would. You guys need to make that a goal to be there uh, next year in France because um, it's you know 15 minutes from Versailles, stand Versailles. Uh, um, amazing, you know, food. The French are amazing at their their uh, culinary skills. So, uh, yeah. food's amazing. The area is amazing. Um, easy to get to, 
and then the golf courses. It's my opinion. Um, I've been to one Ryder Cup in Europe. Um, I've never been to one in the States. I've watched them all on TV. Um, I think, personally, it'll definitely be the best venue um, in Europe that the Europe side's ever ever hosted, I think, from a, from a spectator standpoint um, and a golf course standpoint. Man, I mean, the Belfry was amazing, um, but but that's that golf course is really good, and, and the spectating is going to be even better, probably. So uh, make it a goal man, that, to be there, man. You got me, you you got me worked up. Yeah, you got me worked yeah. up. Well, we will see you in a couple weeks. We'll be at the PGA Championship uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we'll be pulling for you guys, and um, and then I, I think we're going to be at East Lake too. So uh, hopefully. We'll see you on the last leg over at uh, over at East Lake. That'll be good, man. We appreciate all the time that you you gave us today. You gave us a lot of time, and we're we're pulling for you and uh, and you and John. And appreciate what Anytime, you do, man. man. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Adam. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included, so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits. So you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply.